Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Today, our guest is Gabriel Garza, co-founder and managing director at Doctor, a Mexican company that works with international travelers to solve their health problems during their travel in Mexico and soon in the rest of Latin America. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, etc. So, Gabriel, it's great to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Julio. It's great to see you again. Awesome, Gabriel. All right, so let's get started, Gabriel, talking about your journey to where you are today. How is it that you got involved in in um, a medical technology business or digital health business? Okay, uh, it was very interesting uh, because it was not um, my career of choice. I started as a consultant in, in companies in Mexico, and I got the opportunity to travel. And after a decade of traveling and working as a consultant, I wanted to change my life, and I wanted to contribute to society uh, a little bit more. So um, I decided to go and uh, study a master's degree in, in economics and society, and in territorial development in France. Um, and from when I was living in France, uh, my actual business partner, we started with, uh, with the idea and I started helping with some uh, translation issues that sometimes he had uh, as a doctor. So that was my first contact with, with the business. When I graduated, I um, I married and I went to live to Brazil, and I started uh, thinking about the business with my business partner, and we 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 started the business uh, in a very early stage, and from there, the the health and health tech um, areas were now my main line of business so it was very it was a transition from uh i wanted to help a little more and uh, and give to to society and uh, i think with with the health uh, approach we have we can we can do this and we have some um social programs that do help uh, people in need so i i think we i am where i need to be and and it's great to, to be in this in this business. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So let's talk about trends, uh, Gabriel. What do you see happening in Mexico and the rest of Latin America, if you can uh, talk uh, about other countries as well? But what do you see from the political, economical, uh, social uh, disease trends uh, that are relevant to our discussion today? Well, very interesting because... Um since the well beginning of the pandemic because prior to pandemic uh, the health tech arena was was not 
very popular, was not very easy to get in touch to with, for example, telemedicine companies. It was not something that the public had a, a trust in. So when the pandemic hit, uh, the, the public started taking a lot of interest in um, getting their health um, in, in order and uh, to take the proper measures. So with the technologies, telemedicine and other trends, digital trends, um, started a boom. And I think it's worldwide and it hit Latin America also and Mexico. So prior to this in Mexico, we had um, some uh, norms at the government level, federal level, um, that guided some principles for to, to keep... Uh, privacy, uh, data privacy, to have um, some norms on, for example, electronic health records that were already existing in, and in place. So we had um, the basis of the digitalization. With the pandemic, this process accelerated uh, enormously. So we see now um, the ecosystem, well, ecosystems, for example, in Mexico, at different levels that are starting to organize, uh, including the merge between um, private companies and governments and other organizations and international organizations. So it is very interesting to see what is happening. Um, there is still a lot of challenges uh, concerning, for example, communication between the different ecosystems and um, the different for example, levels of uh, development of the actors in those ecosystems. For example, you have big companies, big hospitals, and you have also small startups, and you have other uh, actors that, um, well, when you organize them, sometimes there can be some conflicts. Uh, and then th th that is a challenge, no? to, to communicate the whole ecosystem as one, first as a country, but you see also this happening in all over Latin America. Chile, Colombia, um, uh, Argentina are organizing the, the actors, the ecosystems, and how, and, and between themselves with their government. And now the, I think that the challenge is to, as we talk of interoperability, well, it's the interoperability of those systems too. Uh, so um, I think that is a big challenge that includes political and social uh, actors. Um, economically, well, investment is, is going up every, every semester. So, um, and they are the different uh, investors investing in health tech. So here the challenge is how to give a voice to every startup who wants to um, get in touch with uh, all the actors, the investors, right? So that is also a, a big challenge economically. And well, economically, you have also the impact of the, uh, of the pandemic that even as uh, health tech is in a boom, uh, it is a difficult situation for health tech companies. Why do you say so? Because... Um, for example, in Mexico, uh, it's not a, a, an open transition, for example, from going to a traditional doctor to using uh, telemedicine 
or to um, start buying products from some startups that require digital uh, knowledge, for example. And um, the population still sometimes doesn't have the, the, the trust that it will have if you go to the, to the doctor in person, right? But those are some barriers that we need to, to overcome uh, as, as the industry at all. But we need to educate also the customer. So customer education is a big, big challenge in Latin America uh, because of the lack of, for example, if you see United States or um, Canada or maybe Europe, um, digital meetings, all of that, that was already in place and people knew that it existed. But now uh, people in, in places where that wasn't the case are uh, are getting in touch with new technologies, with new models, with new uh, forms of communication, of, uh, of getting your health uh, in order. So it's part of the challenge. Got it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I think uh, everywhere in the world uh, is, is a challenge to educate people on that. But as you correctly said, I mean, little by little, people are adopting these type of technologies more and more and more. Uh, because there are there are forced to do it. I mean, during the pandemic, there was no other way. So exactly. So yeah. All right. So let's talk about what you're doing today. What exactly is your business about, uh, Gabriel? Okay. So when we started Doctor, Doctor is um, well, it means doctor in uh, ancient uh, French. I think in ancient English. And in some parts of the Middle East, it still is doctor, but it's the combination of also um, the doctor for tourists. So we specialize in, in travelers, in travel medicine uh, and telemedicine. So we have a, a very hybrid model combining telemedicine, travel medicine, on-site services and travel assistances. So it's it's a um, a model we created exactly for the tourists and the travelers in, in need. So um, when we created this, we started just as, um, well, telemedicine wasn't known. So we started, my, my business associate uh, was giving consultations and sometimes he called me when he was with a patient. So he was like, oh, I'm with a French patient and I do not understand him. Can you help me translate? So um, I started translating some consultations and we thought about the model because he was working with tourists. Okay. He, is some, he was he, going he to hotels in Mexico. Yes. Okay. yes, exactly. He was going to hotels and he was uh, uh, giving medical attention to all of these tourists. He also worked in, in hospitals, so in the um, uh, ER. So he got to attend all the tourists that got to those hospitals and there may be problems concerning, for example, uh, health insurance and other things. So we started looking to uh, different opportunities and we started creating uh, the model step-by-step. Step. And now we have a model where the idea is when you travel and you get sick is, is the worst. I mean, it, I think it has happened to everyone and the statistics say that at least 79% of travelers will get sick, uh, a mild sickness to, a, to 
something that I don't know. The, the most common is the traveler's diarrhea, for example. And, and, and yes, and most of people treat themselves. Or you, when you go, when you travel, you take your little pack with your meds and you put everything for what could happen. But uh, still, uh, high percentage, around 30%, need medical attention. So the idea is with telemedicine, you don't need to go out. Don't go out of your room, your vacation rental, uh, your your friend's house. And um, you can, with telemedicine, we can treat around 70% of the, the problems. The other 28%, uh, we can send a doctor where you are to your location. So we can send a doctor, a nurse, we can send you the medication, we can send you... Um, uh, people from lab laboratories yeah, to take samples and perform. Yeah. Take, take samples, collect samples. And um, so we can send all of that to, to your location and the other 2% that really needs uh, attention, medical attention, they can go to a hospital and we have some alliances with, with hospitals and clinics that will um, at least if the person doesn't have a, a, an insurance uh, will help them with, Accessible prices or discounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more emergency, urgent care type of services, right? Or not? Yes, okay. yes. And then uh, the the because of that, the also the um, the need for an assistance uh, for the traveler uh, was was right in front of us. So we took the opportunity and created the the health membership. So it's um, you pay. A certain amount, and with that you are covered during your trip with the telemedicine services, with on-site services, and uh, a list of assistances, uh, specially created for the traveler. So, in, in, there are already some assistances in the market, but what we did was we took off all that wasn't needed. For example, when they travel. Uh, they don't need a, a car insurance because if they rent a car, they will have an insurance with car. So we we started taking all the the products that were not uh, necessary, and we created a product just for health and uh, other assistances. For example, if you lose your baggage or if you, um, so we created that type of membership, and you are covered during your trip. So if you get, for example, something happens during the a connection in a airport um, via telemedicine. You can get your consultation with the doctor, and you you, you are covered all of the trip. Okay. Hmm. And what nationalities you see the most uh, in in Mexico? The what nation? What type of nationalities are most common? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, most of the tourism, for example, we started uh, the company in Cancun. Okay. So. Most of the tourism we get is uh, from around 80% United States. United States. That's what I imagine. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, around 15 to 20% Canada. And then you have others like Europe. And we have a lot of Brazilians. And, uh, well, lately, a lot of Russians and a lot of uh, Koreans that are traveling to, to Cancun. And, well, all of the destinations, mainly in Mexico. All right, so 
You also mentioned to me during our introductory uh, interview that um, you, you have another set of services for corporate, for travelers. Can we talk about that? Yes. So in the corporate side, you have, for example, some um, the mice industry, the incentives events industry that organizes events. So we we help the organizers or the different DMCs or different uh, companies that organize events with the, with the memberships and also to comply with health measures where they have their um, event. Uh, we provide them also COVID testing uh, stations so they can take. Uh, so, for example, in Mexico, there is a law that re- over 150 people. If you have an event over 150 people, you need everyone to have a negative. Oh, really? My uh, law. At least an antigen test. Wow. Yes, my law. Okay. So uh, we provide that service. So prior to the event, we, we do the testing and then they, they, they go. Um, and we have also for the corporate side, really, the as a, for employees, the, the benefit. We give... Um, it's telemedicine as a benefit for the employees. So we have uh, that service. Um, that for the companies is um, financially is a good product because uh, you can deduct it from taxes. And uh, for the employee, it's a benefit uh, that they have. And right now with the the pandemic, uh, no one wants to go to a clinic. No one wants to travel. So this is a service that is has a, brings a lot of value uh, for the company and for the employee. We also uh, made commercial alliances with companies that give uh, more than just telemedicine. So give a, a lot of benefits for the employee. And we are the part that takes care of, of the medical side. And with this, um, the, the process is the same. Um, the, the, the providers, we can, we can send medication. We can, depending on the location, we can also send someone. So it's just the, the market that switched. Um, but we do give this for international companies that, for example, have um, employees, American expats, for example, that work in Mexico. We can give them attention in English, medical attention, right? So this is a, a big plus also. And uh, for the other companies, for example, in, in the industrial parks, that have a lot of uh, employees, high rotation. We have a plan for that too. So everyone can have also their their service. Hmm. Fantastic. I mean, it looks like you put together a nice uh, value proposition for different industries. <laughs> Not only the travel industry, yes. it was really the uh, the spike that started uh, all, but... Um, but uh, you have I guess it was product of the 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 situation when we launched it was prior we, we launched Doctor two months prior to the pandemic so we launched it the pandemic hit all borders closed all tourism stopped and um, we didn't know what to do at the beginning we said what were we going to do is, we have no tourism. In market, is <laughs> exactly. Our to, market disappeared. <laughs> wow. Yes. So we started looking into creative ways to survive. We thought telemedicine was it was the best moment for telemedicine. Uh, 
as it is for other technologies in, for example, in Latin. And um, we kept going. We just changed the, the, the market and we, we found that there was an interest. We found the opportunity and we developed it. Um, around a year later, uh, tourism started going little by little and the um, international authorities demanded the COVID testing for flight. So we started providing that service too. And uh, we provided the, the service at home. So it was take your COVID test at, at your hotel or at your uh, vacation rental. And um, that was where we started transitioning back to our main market. And then slowly we're uh, growing now the business, that business line. Right? Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's talk about the landscape in Mexico, Gabriel. Who else is doing something similar? I mean, what's so innovative about your your solution that uh, you have or you may not have uh, uh, competitors? I mean, let's talk about that. Yes, well, the, there is a lot of competitors, good competitors. And uh, I think um, if we even, for example, uh, as doctor, we participate in some uh, organizations um, in Mexico that assemble uh, all the actors and most of them are our competitors but the objective is to for example um, we want to lay the foundations for good practices okay that is one of the main objectives so first of all uh, not using social media to give consultations uh, using proper um, software proper companies proper so that includes ours our technology and our competitors. But what we want is to formalize the business and um, to put it as a, then, then the next step is to take it as a norm, right? So when creating the digital norms in the government, we need to be present. We need to, to give the, the information, the feedback to the, the government and to the actors that are responsible to put that as a, as a, as a law, for example. So it's kind of a code of uh, ethics or code of behavior and also yes. uh, lobbying the government to implement these changes in the current regulation. Yes. And as actors, we need to, we need like, okay, what is a teleconsultation? What is a teleorientation? When it, is, it starts to require more safety, more uh, encryption, for example, and when it's just okay to as a phone call, and you need to to start like the, the whole definition definition of terms, the, yes, of terms, yes. So that is very important. So there is a the, the, that effort is been taking part. The ecosystem is part of the ecosystems that we we are talking about, and there is another um, uh, association we we are into that is just startups because the the, the main one it's it's all the actors. And the other one is just startups. So telemedicine um, actors. It, the first one is telemedicine, right? You said it's yes, it's e-health. E-health, okay. Digital like health. the whole. Okay. Very good. All right. There is uh, yeah. for yes for all types of uh, e-health. Okay. Businesses. So it's a mature right. industry in Mexico right now. Yes. Well, it it matured very fast during this pandemic i think that that was that was the 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 thing that happened in all of latin america the the actors were ready the the ideas were there 
there was a lack of uh, need and the pandemic created that need. So um, that's why the, the, it was a very quick boom. It was no preparation. Everyone was prepared. Okay. But uh, there wasn't a real market opportunity until the okay. pandemic hit. And what about the government framework or the norms, the laws? Uh, were they changed? because of the pandemic or are they still being changed? What's the landscape in terms of uh, legislations and stuff in Mexico for this? Well, when the pandemic hit, like, like everyone that every industry reorganized, the, the government did the same. So um, concerning new laws, there wasn't a new law per se that was changed. Because, as I mentioned, there was already some basic laws um, that that were uh, in place and for digital services, medical, digital medical services. It was a basic law that everyone since, uh, for example, um, wearables or any, anyone, there was already something in place. For it, the, the, the authority of a priest, how also for all types of industries already some norms and procedures in place. So that kept going. But right now, um, there is an effort that is going to be done at the state level and at the federal level for digitalization of medical services. So now they're going to be something specific for all health, right? So that is where the different organizations are participating. And we hope that the the outcome would will be uh, beneficial for the whole ecosystem. Sure. Yeah. All right. So one question that always comes up is, what if I want to start a 100% telemedicine clinic? Can I do that in Mexico? Or do I have to have a physical location certified as a, as a healthcare provider? brick and mortar, and then from there, expand my borders uh, with computers and stuff. I mean, how is the landscape there? Okay, so the landscape is, for the moment, for example, as an individual, as a doctor, let's say, let's say a doctor that has it, uh, its consultation um, At an office, service. as a little practice. Yeah. A, yes, and now he wants to explore the digital aspect. So he can choose uh, different uh, platforms that have, for example, integrated telemedicine with electronic health records and uh, digital prescription. But, um, and he can do it at home or he can do it at the office because now there's also some norms that with the work at home that we experience, uh, we are also reorganizing the way the work should be. So, uh, now you can, as a professional, uh, give uh, your consultations via telemedicine. There are applications to do that. Then, as a company, um, I guess you can do it. There's no restrictions. Well, you need to have an office, a central, at least uh, an address. You have to have an address. Oh, well, yes. you can get an address with uh, WeWork, right? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Well, 
that is where the gray areas so, are. So this is this is, right? this is the so reason you need a permanent. You need a permanent. permanent. Address. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yes. But this is the reason I ask because in the United States, you have platforms that are a virtual clinic. They're a hundred percent virtual. There is no obviously everything is distributed. There is no brick and mortar hospital or anything like that. And and they are legal under the U.S. law. In, in in many countries in Latin America, that's not allowed yet. And that's, re that's really the reason why I'm asking about uh, how is it in Mexico? Well, as we started uh, in a hybrid model, when we started, we started with an office. We had an office and in the office, we, we had the doctors. So the doctors are in office. It's not a, it's not a doctor's office. We don't have any doctor's office equipment. Is a telemedicine office. So, um, and if required, the doctor goes to your place of staying. So, there, there, we we don't need any. The the um, the waiting room is your hotel room, and at the end, the the doctor's office is where you are. So, but we do have offices. But your so, doctor, the, the, your doctor, your team of doctors have to be at your location, at, at your physical office. Yes. Well, we decided that because, um, okay, we give what something that differentiates us from others in, in the country, in Mexico, for example, or in Latin America or even the world, is that um, uh, our services are multi-language. So... Our doctors are bilingual, all speak English. And for the other languages, uh, French, uh, Portuguese, uh, Russian, whatever, we, we put an interpreter. So that is part of the model. And so the, the communication, the, the language is not going to be a barrier, never with us. And don't, well, that is part. And, and the platform, um, it's multi-language also. So... That is part of the services, but we do not, um, and we wanted to standardize the process because when you have, for example, you have different models. You have the platforms that are uh, platform as a service, software as a service. So in those, well, every provider is responsible for their own, for example, uh, quality of the consultation, right? And here as a company, we wanted to standardize and have the best quality uh, consultation. Um, and that if you change or if you consult uh, uh, a week later and it's not the same doctor, you will get the same attention, right? It's so, and so they need to, Uh, speak English. They need to be highly qualified. They need to know, uh, and they're trained in telemedicine. And uh, so all of that required. Okay, we did. Either we flip a coin and we hope that the, he's a good doctor, or we have them here and under uh, a contract. Right. The other is if you're working at home, uh, there might be the the, the dog barking. Mm -hmm. the, the, yeah, that's true. That's true. The, even if it's, if it's not yours, it's the neighbor's dog. So, but but it was your choice to have it that way to to ensure quality and to standardize processes, etc. And as such, we did not require to do a lot of um, researching if we were allowed to do what we wanted to do. So. Um, 
I know that you can provide the services remotely as an individual. I know that you can, as a company, you need to have a, um, a permanent address. So that is from the billing part and the, everything that, that needs to be done. So if you, I guess if you, for, for now, that the, the law isn't fully updated, uh, if you can tick those boxes, you're okay. okay. So in essence, Mexico is an open market for U.S. companies, European companies implement telemedicine platforms nationwide. They don't have to own a hospital, right? A brick and mortar hospital. That's my point. That's exactly the answer. No, no, no. Before. Hospitals are providing. Those yes, kinds of yes, things, exactly. But there, there, it's like. Uh, they are also uh, providing a service in a new industry. Exactly, but there are yeah. persons that, that are startups that are highly specialized. Sure. So you are competing that. with a hospital in other ways. I mean, you're providing healthcare yes. services, same as another hospital that that uh, in the corner that also provides healthcare services, and they may or may not choose to implement telemedicine-based healthcare services. Yes. Well. Um, yeah, that, that, that was a choice. We decided to implement a highly hybrid model where we, we think that in the middle is where everything resides. So we didn't highly specialize. We, we adapted a part of one model with another model and we created a, a continuous uh, like uh, integrating the whole chain, right? Oh, that's fine. I mean, you're, um, you are adapting to your local market. You are being innovative in the way that uh, you are um, providing a solution for a problem where nobody was was uh, providing a solution for, <laughs> right? And uh, it's a niche. You started with the in travel industry. Now you're expanding. And that is very interesting because there is a lot of technology and, and there is a lot of startups and a lot of uh, specialized tools and and. So I guess the the next step is to create new models to provide services. So and, and integrate all those different trends and all those different innovations. So that is what we try to do with with that. Oh, perfect, perfect. I'm 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 very pleased to hear that Mexico is an open market for these type of uh, businesses. So any company, national or foreign, can establish uh, a a telemedicine platform to yes well there is uh, there is the open well for a foreign company well there is some loss they need to sure of uh, course in terms yeah. of uh, percentage uh, ownership, ownership and, that, exactly. yes. yeah 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 all right so and, and also for foreign companies to sell uh devices software to companies like yours so there's there's a market that can serve the whole country. And Mexico is a big country, 225 million people, something like that, right? Well, there is a, the market is huge and the opportunities are, are very, very good. Uh, as a company, for example, we are always trying to innovate and devices, I think, is going to be our next step. We are going to put the, the device close to the, the person. Yeah, the so, end point, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. So, yes, and there are all other uh, technologies. For example, we were, um, if we are still evaluating the remote photoplethysmography. I don't know if you no, have heard of it. No, what is that? So, it's a technology that is, well, 
in this field uh, recently um, that allows to, it takes the micro variations of the pixels in your face to know your blood pressure. Oh, yes, and yes, to know exactly. Your There's already an app for that or a company that is working on an app where uh, with a camera, with a cell phone camera, they can yes. measure some biomarkers. Yeah. Yes. And well, there is going to be a lot of uh, technologies like that. And the, here it's, it's uh, how you implement all of that. So uh, you can create new models integrating the different technologies and the different aspects and devices and uh, telemedicine with uh, even, for example, there are models or, where you, okay, you take the doctor out, but you put a nurse. And uh, the doctor can now, for example, uh, take into account uh, more places because he has sure. some some. The nurse is already addressing eighty yes. percent of of the the needs of the patient, and the nurse is with devices, and so everything starts to connect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, Gabriel, we're close to the end of the show, um, but let's talk about your expansion plans in Latin America, you told me in one of our initial conversations that you wanted to expand to other countries. Let's talk about that a little bit, please. Yes. Well, um, as we are highly specialized in, in, in travelers and tourists, um, our first expansion steps are logically the high... Um, the, the places with high volume of tourists. So the, the, we made an analysis in the Caribbean region. It's one of the... Dominican Republic, uh, for example. Yes, yeah. Dominican Republic, uh, even up to Costa Rica, maybe Panama. Uh, so, but we have seen a boom in Brazil, for example. So Latin, Latin America, it's a, it's a very fertile ground for for expansion, and for all of the health tech yeah, uh, yeah. companies. Even Cartagena yeah, in Colombia. Cartagena receives millions of people every yes. year. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So with our business partners that also work in those places, we are uh, expanding next year. And uh, following that, we will follow the, the for example, the Mer Mexican tourists, where they go, <laughs> and yeah. we will go there. <laughs> sure, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> All right, Gabriel. So it's been a, a delightful conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated uh, with what you're building here. It, it can potentially be a multi-Latina company very yes, soon. We hope, we hope so. <laughs> yes. So I wish you the very best and uh, thank you for being a guest in our show. Thank you, Julio. It was uh, very delightful. All right. So how can people get in contact with you? Okay, so we have uh, our uh, platform is doctor.app. So that is D O C T O U R.app. And uh, we have also our social uh, media uh, pages that you can find. You can find all the information at doctor.app. We have everything. Very there. good. Very yes. good. All right, Gabriel. Thank you very bye much, bye. Julio. Have a great day. Thank you.